Hello, folks. Welcome back to the fourth episode of the Exile Diary. I am John Loftus, joined in the remote studio with my co-host, Peter Jabinski. Pete, how you doing, man? Doing well, man. It's good to be back for another episode. Yeah, so so this week we're going to be talking about uh, just a couple items that caught our eye in the news cycle. Uh, maybe talk about the Grammy Awards that no one watched that happened last <laughs> Sunday. And uh, we might touch on the subject of social media. Yeah, not, nothing's off the table for this week. Nothing is off the table. If you haven't checked out our special episode, the third episode from last two Sundays ago, please check it out. It's a great uh, special episode about Pete and I, our road trip that we took a couple of years back. So check that out if you haven't yeah, already. Very solid. All right, Pete. Hit, hit me with a news item, man. Oh, what do you man. got? I think there was a there was a fair amount going on in the news this week, but I'll just preface this by saying that I discovered a new media source this past week. Oh it, yeah, uh, it's called Newsy. Have you heard of it? No, Newsy. Um, so I don't have cable on my TV, but for some reason I still got a bunch of channels. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they just came with a TV or whatever, but one of them is called Newsy, and they claim to be the most neutral media source. Their motto is be informed, not influenced. Right. Um, so they, they definitely have a very clear, clear mission. Um, but I've been watching them for the past week and, you know, they've been pretty solid. I got to say they, I think they, they keep the spin off the news. Pretty, pretty good job on that. Um, but uh, they, they tend to just kind of glaze over the same stories pretty repetitively. Um, but one of the big things this past week is we got a pretty uh, pretty hot summit going on in Alaska between China and the U.S. <laughs> oh, yeah. The ten- tensions are high there. Uh, China, have you been, have you been following pull- that? <laughs> I, I have been following it, Pete, a little bit. But it was a, it was a throwdown by the Chinese government. Oh, yeah. That diplomat was an absolute savage. The guy looked like he was 90 years old from the Karate Kid, but he just savaged. Yeah. That, that guy That guy looked like he he didn't come to make any prom, uh, or compromises. No. No, not at all. Yeah. It was pretty the, shocking and, and embarrassing, I think, for the United States. But um, Yeah, I mean, I think there was, there was definitely some, some fiery exchanges. Um, I think that the new Secretary of State, um, is, I think, is it Anthony Blinken? Yeah, Anthony, Anthony Blinken. He um, apparently made a pretty bold opening statement. Um, he, he hit on a lot of the hot topic issues between China and the U.S. all in his opening statement. And I think that really set the tone for for the summit. Um, so I, I think from from there things kind of kind of escalated. But I think that China kind of came into the summit with a little bit of an upper hand. Oh, um, definitely. You know, they they definitely have been. Um, advancing as a nation economically and, and technologically um, at, at quite um, they've made a lot of leaps in those two areas over the past decade. And, and I think, uh, you know, like everyone knows, they're becoming a real challenge and kind of threat to the U S yeah, they already are. I think. Yeah. Pete, do you remember the 2008 Beijing Olympics? Do you remember that opening ceremony with, uh, with all those drummers? Yeah. Faintly. Yeah. You remember that? Mm-hmm. I think that just set the tone for this century regarding China's dominance 
Yeah, that's right. It that, was an impeccable. It was an impeccable Olympic ceremony, mm-hmm. and it was just perfectly coordinated. Everyone was wearing the same outfit. It felt very like this is China as a civilization state. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they nailed it. It was very good. I, I remember it was definitely a decent opening ceremony. I, I I just think aesthetically, I think it just looked. It just felt like it. Like this is like our century. Like this mm-hmm. is what our regime is going to look like. It's going to be very strong, very. Yep. You know, people are going to be, um, you know, it's not totalitarian. It's pretty much totalitarian. Like, you, you're going to yeah. march in line of the civilization state you, if you're a Chinese person. You yeah. serve the state, right? So, so you, you think the U.S. has got some, they got some shit to be worried about. Oh, for sure. Oh, they already, yeah, for sure. I, I think that with supply chain stuff being manufactured, I, I know that a lot of man, uh, pharmaceuticals are manufactured mm-hmm. in China. That's certainly a problem. Yeah, I think the whole tech battle is kind of interesting. Mm. Like that, both countries are just so worried about um, the exchange and technology and the, the espionage that could be going on through data collection and stuff. Is yeah. fascinating. It is fascinating. Um, another another news story, kind of in uh, related to this, is this week China decided that um, to put restrictions on the use of Teslas in China, especially for um, employees of state-owned companies and Mm. government officials, because they're worried that the Tesla or Tesla as a company will collect a lot of data, driving Uh, data uh, from the cars, you know, like where they're going, you know, um, uh, the contacts that are saved in the, in the um, car itself. So they, they put a lot of restrictions on the use of, those cars that that is fascinating yeah i kind of like this like i'm not saying i I I, we're getting to like a second cold war man but old school espionage is back yeah no it's it's hey it's refreshing it's kind of it's kind of entertaining in a a perverse way but that's okay (laughs) i mean it's definitely it's it is fascinating just how things are heating up between these two countries and yeah um the next decade be interesting Oh, Pete, I I saw I read an article about this Chinese. I think he was a military official, or like a military uh, general. He was talking about this idea. Of, it's called the Thucydides trap, okay. which is um, this old like ancient historian. I believe he was Greek. Mm-hmm. Thucydides. He wrote the history of the Peloponnesian War between Greek uh, Greece or Athens rather and okay. Sparta. Okay. And his Thucydides' whole thesis about the war was that when there's one civilization state that's declining in power mm-hmm. and when and there's another civilization state that's rising in power there's always a conflict between them so in so in the peloponnesian war athens was the, on the on the decline and sparta was becoming more powerful mm-hmm. um you can look at the first the first cold war russia was the declining power and mm-hmm. america was on the on the upswing after world war ii mm-hmm. um yeah, that's his thesis. But anyways, the Chinese general mentioned Thucydides. <laughs> he's like, this is a Thucydides oh, trap happening. Wow. So he's he might be making a prediction, an ominous yeah, prediction. So, yeah, and China, I, I think in this case, it's obvious China is the rising power and the United yeah. States is declining. Wow. I can't believe he so threw he that mentioned out. That he, a Chinese military general, an upper upper brass, was mentioning Thucydides, which is kind of crazy to think yeah. about. Yeah. 
I think they were I, – I saw a couple uh, a couple clips of the summit, and it sounds like there were, there were some proverbs, some uh, some axioms being thrown out at the Americans, <laughs> some, war- <laughs> some hidden warnings. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 I, I, haven't, I didn't see the whole, the whole video of it, but I did see the clip where the Chinese diplomat starts at the end. He just says, like, you guys are in no position to try to, you know um, – like overtake us or something. Yeah, yeah. You're you. They, yeah. He literally said, "Like you're so weak right now, you can't. You can't yeah. bark us. You have nothing to bring to the table." Yeah. We, we basically, we run the show now. Mm-hmm. And one one of the other interesting things that he kept saying and bringing up to the Secretary of U.S. Secretary of State was how that a lot of polls have been showing in the U.S. that a lot of Americans do not trust. Um, democracy mm. in America. Yeah, um, and you know, I don't, I don't know what polls they were quoting or how accurate, but he kept bringing that up, and I think it might have been related to us uh, meddling in some of the Hong Kong issues. Mm. Um, yeah, they did, they did point that out. Um, the, that all the the BLM protests as well. They said, "How could you?" Oh, that's right. Yeah, they did bring that up. How could the United States criticize the human rights abuses in China if there's, they claim that there's some sort of like human rights violation or genocide in the United States? I think they might have used the word genocide, in the yeah. which is yeah. a little bit, uh, a little dramatic. Mm-hmm. Mind, but yeah, that I don't know how much longer the summit's going on for, but I feel like they should probably just just call it quits pretty soon. <laughs> and send Tony, send Tony Blinken back to DC. Yeah, he's got, he's got a bruised ego. Yeah. Let him recover. <laughs> He's got to he's got to report to Biden what uh what just took place up there. No, he's actually got to report to the hologram of Biden. Yeah. Know, Biden, uh, well, he, well hologram. At first he's got to wake up Biden from his midday nap. Yeah. Can I wake up midday nap? Get him, get him a glass of whole milk. <laughs> get him a glass of glass of whole milk, some special K cereal. Yeah. Right, and then, with, uh, and then set him down and uh, tell him that we're about to lose to China. Well, okay. So another news, another news item has to do with the our other adversary, Russia. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think I don't think Russia is as much as much of a threat to the United States as people make them out to be. I really think they're just a kind of a sideshow. Um, they're just not as powerful as China. But uh, but so Vladimir Putin, the president of Russia, said that, uh, or no, rather Biden said. In his interview with George Stephanopoulos in ABC, he said that Putin has no soul. That Putin is like a killer. Ooh. He has no soul. Big mistake. He's devoid <laughs> of a soul. And so, and so, Vlad, Vlad, Vlad throws down and respond and replies to Biden, challenges him to a public, dis, public debate, uh, a vir- public virtual debate, um, which is an absolute savage move. Considering that Biden has trouble going off the cuff and talking to the press and sp- making speeches without a teleprompter, yeah, so. that that is really a power move by by Putin. Yeah, he, uh, he went right for for Biden's kind of Achilles heel. Yep, right for the Achilles heel. Yeah, we know we know Putin. Putin is a very witty guy mm-hmm. and he's like a dry sense of humor. So I think he would just totally take Biden in a, in a debate. Yeah. And I, I feel like he, he's definitely very good at public speaking and he's mm-hmm. very confident in, in probably a lot of his his speeches and 
Uh, I, oof, I think he would take by the cleaners on that one. One hundred percent. I mean, I, I wouldn't be tuning in. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I'd be. Are you kidding me? I'd I'd pay fat money to see that. That's I, one I, thing I, I would think watch. It, I think it'd be too cringy. I'd be. It'd be cringe. It'd be super cringe. But I would watch it. I'd, I'd, I'd be. Just, I'd be sweating for Biden. I'd be nervous. I'd be so nervous. Oh my god. But yeah, maybe I'd tune in. I don't know. It would be entertaining. Okay, so speaking of tuning in and watching these beautiful, watching live events, the Grammys were the Grammy Awards were last Sunday, and the ratings were absolutely abysmal. The ratings cratered, mm-hmm. and and the question, Pete, I want to ask you a serious question. Like, what is? A, are the Grammys even a thing? Like, is are the Grammys popular? Like, is Beyonce popular? Is Taylor Swift popular? I, I that's just, just a legitimate question. To ask yeah, me. and I think that is a very uh, like who cares? Like no one pays attention to these people anymore. Okay, yeah, obviously they're famous still, but mm-hmm. are, are they as influential as they were five, ten years ago before social media exploded? I'd argue that's yeah, that's and, and I, I don't think they are. Um, yeah. I think I think that's a very very relevant question, and you know we kind of hinted at this uh, we were on um, your brother's podcast a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, but just how. I think the kind of hierarchy of fame or the structure of fame in the U.S. has has really decentralized and has been kind of spread across many platforms. Um, You know, if you go back 15, 20 years ago and asked anyone, any average person on the street, you know, who's the three most famous actors or actresses in Hollywood, they'd be able to tell you. Yep. Um, without a doubt, you know, they, they knew exactly who Leonardo DiCaprio was or Tom Cruise. Um, and now I feel like, you know, you still probably know some of those same famous actors, but there's a lot of new players, a lot of new famous people in that space. And you, you might not be able to name really the top 10 famous people in the U.S. because some of them might be actors, but then might be like a ram, random TikTok person or. Yeah you know, a couple of random Instagram influencers that you've never heard of, especially for non-Instagram. Um, so I think it, it's the fame has really been kind of spread around a little bit. And and going back to the Grammys um, topic, I think that, that that might be a major reason why a lot of people have tuned in or have not tuned into the Grammys this year, because I just don't think they care as much about some of these famous people who um, no. they're, they don't. They don't have to care about them, right? Yeah. Because they You have the the power of the internet, the power of apps like Spotify, for example. Mm-hmm. You can find any niche of music that you want to enjoy on Spotify. Anything, yeah. right? You don't have. You don't have to listen to the radio and listen to the the top, the Billboard Hot 100 hits mm-hmm. over and over again. You can go onto Spotify and have access to every single song that was basically ever recorded, mm-hmm. and find your niche of music. And so why would you tune into the Grammys if you don't listen to Beyonce anymore? Why would you tune into the Grammys if you just have no idea who these, if you're not up to date with these singers because you don't have to be? Yeah. Same thing, it's the same thing with news too, Pete. Mm-hmm. You, you go on Newsy now, what, you, you, can, you can get your news in so many, so many, from so many different platforms and publishers. Yeah. Don't have to watch George Stephanopoulos on CBS. You don't. Or That's ABC. True. You don't have to watch. 10, 10 15 years ago, I would, I would watch... I would watch cable news, not cable news. I would watch the the big network news 
like ABC, ABC and CBS. Mm-hmm. I, when I was like, you know, in, in like middle school, I would never do that now. Never. It, it, I, there's so many more options to get news. And it, it, that, like, like you said, it's just, it's hitting so many different sectors of, of, uh, of media and entertainment. And it, it's, it's absolutely fascinating. It's like really an era of decentralization. Yeah. And I totally agree. I, I think, um, I think especially in the next, you know, five, six years of some of these major uh, news networks, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how they rebrand themselves a, because mm. not many people um, have cable anymore. So yep. there goes a major kind of part of their audience. And then second, I, I think that, you know, people are really getting fed up with just how they're sensationalizing politics just kind of every day. And I think that, um, they're going to have to find a new way to deliver the news to people and um, deliver it in, in, in a more digestible way. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think also too about, you know, we keep a pretty apolitical, but tr- I think Trump leaving the white house is, has been a big, a big bust for, for some of the um, oh. news networks like CNN or MSNBC. I mean, they got nothing to talk about now. There are, it's definitely been a bust. I think there's usually a dip in ratings after the inauguration of any president. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Trump. Trump was had a positive impact for all of these people who who hated him and condemned him. Mm-hmm. He was actually helping their careers. Yeah, I mean, and on the flip people side, made you, out of Trump. Yeah. Just on the guy. Yeah, I mean, I think on the flip side, like you know, Fox News, the hub field day with the Biden for the next four years. But uh, you know, I, I think that. Also, too, with the pandemic kind of coming to the close in the next year or two, that uh, that'll take people's eyes away from the news a little more as well, because the news is definitely milked, milked that for all it's worth. Oh, for sure. Uh, Trump Trump drives ratings and they still as much as possible. Yeah, they're they're still trying to get him on the news, even when when he has there's nothing newsworthy that related to him. No. Like, oh, it's his uh, fourth day playing golf down in Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> yeah, they, they, Jim Acosta from CNN goes down to Mar-a-Lago. Uh, we have Trump's uh, Trump's hitting on the 18th hole right now. Yeah, it's a sand trap. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, there's CNN's headline for the day. Yeah. Well, speaking of Trump, well, he's actually planning. I think he's planning on creating a social media company. Pete, do you know that? that no, I did that's, not know that. That that news broke today. Really. Yeah, Trump is making a social media company. What's it going to be called? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but it's going to be. Oh my god! Well, that'll that'll be interesting. Okay, yeah, and that's another example of of further decentralization. You can have a former president create a social media company. Yeah. Now I don't know what that what it will entail. I don't know if it's going to be something similar to Twitter or something more like Facebook. Probably something similar to Twitter, mm-hmm. but they're, they're going to be the people who don't like him are going to be absolute up in arms about this. Yeah, no, dude, it, it it doesn't matter what he does. I mean, whatever, whatever doesn't matter what type of social media company he starts, people are going to be on his case. Yeah, even if it's a great product, yeah, they're 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 going to call it. they people. I'm afraid that. Um, so you're speaking about internet and social media companies and entertainment, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm afraid that people are gonna get they're gonna start 
calling for the censorship of the internet and they're going to start making calls to regulate the internet more more strictly because yeah. of because of what's happened in the past couple of years i think that's certainly a possibility but i i also uh i have a little bit of hope in the free market and that i think uh, there are very few people who would like censorship of the internet and that yeah. the the free market will always kind of provide a product that uh is is um void of censorship mm-hmm. um and I, I think going off of that it, it will also be um kind of fascinating to see where twitter goes the next even three to four years um because you might be able to speak a little more to this because you're on twitter but it seems like a, a lot more people are starting to leave the platform as as they do increase their content moderation yeah um and I think that will only make it kind of more of an echo chamber and, um, you know, I, I, it will only force, you know, probably more platforms to, to be created that are less censored. I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, I think it's Twitter. It just depends on how you use it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can, you can use it and it becomes like a, an echo chamber and it becomes like a rage machine mm-hmm. and it just, spikes your cortisol levels yeah. if, you, if you're surrounding yourself with all these partisans right but it's all i think it's also a fantastic platform mm-hmm. because i can follow people like my favorite writers who, who, who are, not, who are not, not political journalists or anything mm-hmm. they're just interesting thinkers and authors that i that i whose books i've read mm-hmm. and want to hear what they and i get this i get to follow their twitter and and hear their thought process like in such a in such a spontaneous manner, people are tweeting out stuff that's interesting. Mm-hmm. They tweet links to interesting articles. Not not again. None of this is politics. This is all just people I, I admire. Mm-hmm. You can you can communicate with them if you tweet something. Like they can respond back to you publicly. Mm-hmm. You can get into little debates. I think there's pockets of really really awesome stuff on Twitter. So you and think it, you think that has a future? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um. Yeah, just just solely for that fact, like I think people will gravitate to it for like an un un unfiltered, you know, intellect kind of intellectual discourse. Yeah, you don't have to be writing a whole like why why I don't want to write I don't want to read some like academic research paper. Mm-hmm. I want to go to the guy and like hear his tweets and yep. like read it and get his little insights mm-hmm. instead of reading like a fifty page paper about stuff that's kind of boring and yeah. you know they only care about like one paragraph in that well i can get that paragraph on twitter now yeah it's i think awesome. that i think that's a very valid point there's something about the brevity of of twitter and the ease of access of it mm-hmm. that uh really attracts people to the platform um, yeah, there's, there's another there's another platform that just came out called clubhouse you might have heard of it i have not what's that all about it's it's exploding right now so it's Ooh. basically you, you you can host these things called like a clubhouse okay. and you invite you invite users to join mm-hmm. and it's like a it's just like a huge conference call. Oh wow. And the person who invites but the person who starts the clubhouse like can control who comes in, who comes out. You have to get invited. Um Wait, is it an actual like like phone call? Yeah, it's 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 oh, kind wow. of like the it's kinda of similar it's actually very similar to this. But none of it's recorded. Okay. A lot of people in like politics use it because uh, you know it's just a good way to net, like just talk to people. But you should check it out. So does it is it uh, like a call that is on twenty four seven? 
No, so you, oh. you kind of get the host of the clubhouse meeting just schedules, you know, like, oh, this is going to be an hour long, hour long meeting. Feel free to drop in. Okay. And any, anyone can drop in so long as they're invited or so okay. long as they're approved. approved okay. to get. But there's been some people like this billionaire, Mark Andreessen. You mm-hmm. might have heard of him. I think he's I have, yeah. Yeah, he's like that big tech guy. He, mm-hmm. he loves, he uses it and has like, he hosts, you know, clubhouse meetings. So you can like, this is what's so cool about it is that you can just join Mark Andreessen's clubhouse mm-hmm. as, a, as a, like, right? Like he'll prove, like most people will get approved to get in. So you can right. join listen to him talk about random stuff like maybe he has like a guest like maybe peter Thiel is with him mm-hmm. and he's talking about like the future of china technology and censorship stuff you can wow. just hop in. so cool that is really cool that's like, uh that's a really fascinating idea yeah it's so it's so simple but it's it's great i i haven't i haven't used it yet but this is just what i'm reading about i'm, I'm gonna start using it soon yeah it kind of reminds me of um reddit a little bit in that it, it relies on a lot of kind of uh self-policing yeah yeah that's content. exactly yep yes there's there's no like centralized person who's there's no gatekeeper yeah exactly the, the gatekeeper is more localized it's like mark andreessen if mm-hmm. he doesn't want you in the chat you can't get in, you know. And so people can make these clubhouses around any topic. There's really yeah. Oh, anything. Wow. Hey, Pete, you want to make one about baking? You want to yeah. make one about croissants? Let's do something <laughs> make, about croissants. Make one about fly fishing or something. Yeah, that's what, dude. That's this is what's great about it. That is kind of cool. I wonder. Um, I wonder if that will do continue to do as well after the pandemic. Like, you think people still want to do so, that stuff yeah, virtually? Yeah. Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, because you can, because most people who are doing it, you know, it's it's nice because you can connect with people and who live in like California, who live in yeah, that's a good point. You know, England, wherever. Wow, and how long how long has that been around that platform? I want to say it's been around for a while, but it just recently got very popular mm-hmm. within the past couple of months. Yeah, I could see how that would be uh, definitely a very popular thing for people. Yeah, it was launched in April twenty twenty. Okay. Wow, that's a that's a very unique concept. That uh, that yeah, sounds so, really so, cool, though. Yes, yeah, so you could have a group of over five thousand people. Oh wow! Okay, so this is like you can have hall. a yeah you you can literally yeah you can have like a couple of friends just hanging out, or you can have a thousand people rallying to your political cause <laughs> it's kind of cool that, that's... yeah you can host a political rally online yeah cool. wow that's uh i mean i think that would it sounds like a really good idea for for people who just kind of want to have healthy debate about things yeah. you know and uh, i think the fact that you can kind of let whoever you want into the call definitely makes sense um that that will keep the discussion a little bit more organized and uh allow you to keep it probably a little more under control yeah definitely i like the idea of kind of having a guest speaker that's kind of that's kind of sweet yeah i think it's i think it's fantastic yeah that's awesome all right Pete, we hit the 30 minute mark i think that was uh that was an excellent conversation yeah it's good to t- t- just touch on some of the uh weekly news stories yeah, peanut. Remember, folks, peanut are giving you signal, not noise. Okay, we're we're filtering the stuff. We're making we're making sure you get the signal of what's going on in the world, not the chirping noise. All right, we're we're digging for the important 
the important information that you need. Yeah, it's 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 important that you guys know that we're spending hours and hours <laughs> every week sifting through the internet. <laughs> well, Pete, Pete and I just try to we're always trying to keep a pulse on what's going yeah. on because it's uh it's really the most it's the most powerful invention since the printing press. So, yeah, we're just uh trying to keep you guys in the loop, do some of the work for you. All right, folks. Well, thanks for tuning in. This was the fourth episode of The Exile Diary. Uh, Please uh, subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Sounds good. See you guys.